0: and welcome to Gender Nebulous, Season 2, Episode 10. And today, my special guest is Sarah Maslin, the co-founder, sorry, the founder, not the co-founder, the founder and CEO of Undivided. So welcome, Sarah.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's start to just chat about how did we how did we meet? I believe the first time we met was at the Transit City Gala event would have been, I think it was 2021.
1: 2021, yes, November. it would have been. Yep. Um, yeah, the first one I was involved in. And um, yeah, so we, that was the first time we met and uh, we were introduced to each other. And yeah, the first one I was involved in, I was involved in all sorts of different aspects of that one. And then we met again last year at the Transit City event 2022
0: we did indeed so was it was it 2021 when we also did the stock exchange that bobby yes. did the closing
1: That's yeah because right. that
0: was that was before the gala event because there wasn't a daytime event last year was it It was just the sorry in that year there was just the evening event and that was a chance and we did the we did the um, stock exchange closing event earlier in the day didn't we
1: We did. And I, uh, yes, that was also the year that I auctioned off a book, which everyone seems to remember me for. That um, was, yeah, uh, but that was
0: like the iconic moment in the lobby in the (laughs) cliff of Chance Foyer when you. When you got up and started auctioning this, I think it was a, a Sean Fay book.
1: It was because Sean Because Bobby Faye's had interviewed with Sean
0: Faye earlier in the day. That's right. And you were, you were auctioning the book. I can't remember how much you sold it for, but it was some ridiculous amount of money.
1: It was a ridiculous amount, but it was matched by someone as well. So yeah. it was basically match-funded. So it was amazing. And money and was, went and made a massive difference to Stonewall housing. So it's phenomenal. But yes, that day... I basically followed Bobby around London all day You did, and we went to various different places, did lots of different events. And then we ended up with a gala in the evening and it was the first time cause I live in Southwest Wales. So although I used to live, um, I used to spend term time at least in Surrey and around that area. So I used to commute into London every now and mm-hmm. again, but yes, having moved permanently to Southwest Wales and then it was uh, it was probably the first big experience of trans in the city I'd had, especially in person. And yes, it was, uh, do you know what? It will go down still as one of my favourite days ever.
0: It was an amazing day. I remember when we were leaving the um, Stock Exchange, Um, everybody was making a mad dash over to the trains, to the subway station, the underground, to then get over to the other venue. I remember even in the train, you, Bobby, and I think a couple of other people were still talking about, you know what was coming up next and who was doing it was like yeah. having a business meeting in the underground on the way to the next venue
1: <laughs> yeah I was very much Bobby's PA that day you were. and um, I, I loved it it was such an honor and yeah I had a lot of fun as well and got to do things that little old me never thought she'd see so you know yeah. the closing of the London Stock Exchange yeah, was, was an incredible first time Transfer City had done it not the last because we did it last year and we're yeah. again doing it this year yeah. so that is continuing but that and going to Google HQ and you know that sort of thing I I don't miss a whole level yeah well, it's because.
0: it's fun to do that kind of stuff isn't it it's like yeah. it
1: was fun but at the same time that underlying you know everything we were doing had an underlying meaning and that was really important to me so yeah combining everything like that having yeah. a good time um rushing around London trying to make sure we met every event we had to be at but still remembering why we were doing it all and that was important. And yeah, but yeah, it went well. Yeah, and, 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 and the
0: whole thing went off really, really smoothly. Everything was well organized. There was no it flaws. Did. It was really good. You
1: know, and then as you said, last year, 20, November twenty twenty two, Trans Awareness we went bigger. Uh and, and we and were at Winter Garden. We had events throughout the day. We yeah. had workshops and talks and a little exhibition. And then the evening gala as well.
0: So that was the this that was the second one, wasn't it? I mean, I'm not sure if there was anything done prior to 2021. I think there may have there been was, other events prior to that, was. which I, I wasn't kind of around involved with those.
1: No, I but, wasn't even.
0: No, so the Winter Garden one last year, that was a much bigger venue, and it had a whole kind of a whole day feel to it. There was stalls and workshops and all kinds of interesting things going on during the day, all you know expertly put together again. Um, it was, it was really good. I actually prefer the the more kind of um, intimate experience yeah. in Clifford Chance because it has a really nice, um, you know, gathering area where you can have drinks and stuff. And then it's got that proper theatre that you can go and sit in for the evening event, whereas yeah. the Winter Garden didn't really have that. It was more of a big room. Yeah, a, absolutely. With kind of a balcony upstairs. Still, a, still a, an amazing feature. And... You know, there was over six hundred people there last year. Huge Um, event.
1: I think I really understand where you're coming from. They they're so different. They are, and they offered a completely different atmosphere. It is. Uh, But this year, we are doing basically an entire week of events. Yeah. And we are back at Clifford Chance, so you'll be pleased to know that. We are also at J.P. Morgan Chase. And so we're there for a day as well. So we're doing the sort of exhibitions and workshops that we did last year. We're putting all of those together again for um, Trans Awareness Week 2023, starting 13th of November, just in case anyone needs Mm -hmm. reminding. Uh, So we're doing that. We're also we're basically, it's not quite two galas. They're going to have very different feels to them. But we're having two evening events, one on a Monday and one on a Tuesday. We are also running, we're going back to the London Stock Exchange on a Friday. So that, and there's a few other things in the middle, uh, which is ha- are happening throughout the week. So, so
0: details will be revealed soon details, for all these exciting things.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the full details will be revealed very soon. Uh, the Trans Inner City Award nominations are just about to close. But again, we will be having our awards. So that will, again... I, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, and I the nominations
0: are still open in. if anybody wants to
1: they put are. one in. They are. They're open for a couple more days. Um, so have a look. But yes, so it's, um, it, I'm excited to see he's been nominated this year and going through. It's always so difficult, though. And I know everyone always says it, it's such a cliche, but trying to narrow down all of these incredible, inspiring nominations to just a few finalists and then getting those selected to the yeah. winner. Is not you know it's really not an easy job, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything comes together. Nikki, yeah. uh, we've got now got working um as well with us very very closely and she is just such a massive asset to transfer city so her and i i'm putting together all the speakers and the workshops and um all of that sort of thing again for the week and then a lot of the logistics and the scheduling and things like that we're sort of reusing a lot of what we did last year but then editing it and improving it and learning from things so yes we've gone we've gone from doing one event to one massive event to now lots and lots of events. So I think uh yeah, I think 2020- twenty twenty
0: not only is it a kind of a different event this year, it's also you've also gone through kind of a restructuring of how it's funded with the with the sponsors. Yeah. You know, I, I know about that because the company I work for, you know, we we sponsored last year. Yeah. I'm trying my best to get them to sponsor this year. But thank you. Know, you.
1: We'd love that. You know, you yeah, know how these things absolutely.
0: go. So, so yeah, so you've had to I kind of had to deal with all that as well.
1: Yeah absolutely and a long a large reason for that is i think you know there's so much more that we do than just one gala and we do so much all year round we've just finished filming our trans 101 training that was going to be free and available to a whole variety of people
0: yeah we now that's, also... that's something that i'm really interested in seeing because i've i've seen a few of the kind of things on social you know pictures here and there yeah. of what's going on looks really good
1: yeah that's really exciting um putting that together and we had a an actual in-person directors meeting which is really hard because some of us are like you know as I said you know people think we're all in London we're not absolutely not Mm. a lot of us actually aren't so to all get together but we had a a day and it was incredible Uh, we really put our heads together and came up with some incredible ideas that it was, it was a really empowering day, actually, and quite one that, uh, yeah, one that, again, we'll definitely remember and keep referring back to. So, yeah, so we do that. We've just launched as well our Student Ambassador Programme, which is something that I personally feel is taking Transnive City to a whole new level and one that is so, so needed. So we are working with students in universities, and we and colleges as well. And we are working with them and supporting them, offering a whole lay, a whole mass of different things. It's a real multifaceted approach. And from there, we're hoping that we can support them getting into their following into their career paths as they wish and uh, being able to support them through that. So that is something that, as I said, it's close to my heart, but also something that because I work with LGBTQ young people, a lot of my time so So, hopefully you know
0: that that kind of activity fosters you know a whole new generation of lgbt people coming through in leadership roles you know i guess that's probably the main reason why it's being done
1: yeah there's a large part of that and just we know that you know anyone within the lgbtq community quite often for various reasons connected to maybe mental health connected to rejection connected to self-esteem Quite often, for example, drop out of school. They struggle with their education. They don't follow their chosen career paths. And hopefully, this student ambassador program will really help to change some of that. And you know, for the, the those still to come, they'll be able to see that these people through universities, this is what they're achieving and follow their journeys as well and see where they go yeah. as they progress into their careers and some of those barriers that people see will, I really truly believe will be knocked down as a consequence of this program.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I guess that starts at what age is it? Around 18 where you can become an an ambassador.
1: Yeah. At the moment it's around that point. Uh, We are, looking to expanding it but we need to obviously get the first few of really make sure we're getting this right and once we've perfected it and made sure that you know we're doing everything we can the right way then we'll look at how we might be able to expand it further as well but yes we're looking at around the 18 mark to sort of start looking at entry points
0: yeah so you're so one of your i don't know how many roles you have at transit city but i know you're a director of um is it related to educational stuff
1: it is so because of my background um then i look i sort of support the allies program because i am one um but we've got some amazing directors who fortunately take the lead on that and they are some of the things that's uh, again going to come out of trans city looking at the Allies stream is unbelievable and it's it's yeah groundbreaking stuff and then we've got there's so many different streams and directions now but so the, the sort of main things that i look after within transversity are the events so pulling the speakers together helping with the scheduling and then the actual running of the events during trans awareness week i do also lead the education stream which we currently have it's not currently a key priority because it's separate from the student ambassadors. But the way we work that is if we have contact from the National Education Union, for example, or schools, or we've done, Bobby and I have both done work with the Headmasters and Headmistresses Conference. And we've all of that, anything that comes in towards Trans in the city, then I can support with that, basically.
0: Yes, that that kind of, you know, works really well with what you've been doing with um, Undivided. Yes. So do you want to give us the kind of, <laughs> you know, the the background in how you got started with that idea? Because it, I mean, this is, this goes back quite a few years, doesn't it? Now,
1: yeah, I, it, this is shocking to me actually that it's there, but next year will be 10 years. And 10 years. So it started in 2014. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Undivided was formed. I was working in a state boarding school. I'd worked in total, I worked there for 13 years. And, I taught under Section 28. Um, So you're familiar
0: with how unpleasant that was?
1: Indeed, um, especially as a lesbian and very much an ally of other aspects of the community. And then I remained there in the shadow of Section 28 and we are still, in my opinion, under that shadow. And so I was very aware of young people who were coming out literally the day they left school. I myself when I was at school, didn't feel safe to come out at all. And then when I was teaching or as a pastor or lead, again, absolutely didn't feel safe to come out in that environment. And Undivided was formed as a catalyst to change that.
0: So when you when you were, you know, in that kind of, when, yourself, when you were at school yourself, was there anybody you could talk to?
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I didn't meet my first openly out person until I was 18 and i left and moved to to chichester where i went to college um i i didn't meet anyone who was openly out it was the case of you know anything that happened any girlfriend i had you didn't even have to have a conversation of we're not going to talk about this to anyone else are we it was just known you never would no, dream of it you.
0: you know being so, yeah. being a child of the 60s myself um you know back then there was absolutely nothing as you can imagine <laughs> 70s to, yeah. I would yeah. I would include probably the 80s in that as well
1: well I was born in 1985 I'm 38 now and yeah. so you can you can track all of that then and work it all out as I went through school but yeah, yeah. so it was I you know I, I first knew well I thought it was weird and broken when I was around seven-ish um and I just I knew I was different to my friends but I didn't really understand it and then I remember hitting sort of 12 early teens and my friends were putting up posters of footballers Robbie Fowler Michael Owen but that, that sort of generation that's where we're at yeah. and I I did it too but I didn't understand why I was I was like okay well I have to conform here you were just
0: conforming obviously you did not want Literally to be the odd just one out
1: conforming um you know growing up is hard enough let alone everything else so and then I remember going to see, oh, there's going to be judgment here. I remember going to see Boyzone and <laughs> I know, and Atomic Kitten were the supporting act and Natasha from supporting Kitten, she was uh, from Atomic Kitten. Sorry. She was most definitely part of my um, coming out story. She, I just couldn't take my eyes off her. And then Boyzone came on and all my friends were crashing on whichever band member they liked. And I was looking at the female backup singers and I just was like, I can't, what do I do with this? Um, brought up in a, a Christian household and it was just, you know, it was this thing. It just didn't happen. And so, did, so you, yes. did
0: you go through that, you know, like that suppressing process where you just kind of suppressed it all within yourself? Nobody knew uh, you were in the closet well and truly.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. No one was allowed to know. Um, I first came out to my mum when I was around 17, 18. Mm-hmm um whilst she was driving into a multi-story car park which possibly wasn't my best yeah did she
0: did she safely enter the car park
1: she safely got through the car park um she bless her she's she's very very supportive now but at the time was very dismissive um oh you know it was the typical oh this is a phase you're away at college the, the usual conversations but yeah, so all of this and I just undivided really was started because I didn't want a young person to ever feel like I did. It's so cliched, but that is literally but it's not.
0: I mean, this this is this kind of what you're telling me is that I hear that story in a different form so many times doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like absolutely. somebody was somebody was in the closet for a long time and eventually they, you know, they find the way out. Yeah. And then they, they use that in some yeah. amazing ways. And I mean, part of what you know your story is you, you came up with this undivided yeah. um, idea and and your your company was born from that you know so yeah.
1: it was an undivided I, I mean undivided I never I never would have expected 10 years ago when I sort of started this work or almost 10 years ago to have been able to do what I've done and I've been on it's been such a journey I have I did a lot of training first because obviously I understood a lot of the sexual orientation, but I didn't have personal experience of gender identity. I didn't have personal experience of gender diversity. And I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was, you know, as a trans and non-binary ally, I see my place as someone who can amplify The voices of trans non-binary people and give them platforms that maybe they wouldn't have if I didn't have that opportunity it's definitely not to speak for them um and or speak instead of them maybe is more accurate so for me it's about you know and but to do so I needed to educate myself you know growing up as I said in the household but I did I didn't have the knowledge I didn't have the experience or the exposure and I wanted to make sure that you know, I think there was far less misinformation in the media then than there is now, mostly. Yeah. But there was still enough. And I wanted to make sure that actually I re-educated myself on the topic and to an extent unlearned a whole load of things that were just not accurate at all. So that I had it right. So that's really how I started. And then obviously being in the education system myself um as w- within my career. I then was able to connect with lots of others and a lot of other staff who were feeling the same way as I was and not safe to come out themselves or other staff who wanted to make sure that their LGBTQ plus pupils felt included, felt safe, but didn't have a clue how to go about it. And that's really how. And I look back at my sort of first powerpoints and things that i did and cringe completely <laughs> um but you know it has come a long way but i've done it's been amazing i've done from teacher training sessions to parent sessions to youth ambassador conferences where i brought young people from across counties to a day full of workshops and rainbows and empowerment and things like that
0: so Speech do you, do you work awesome. with local schools to well within your area or are you, are you kind of countrywide now
1: it used to be local um and i've gone as far as hong kong now um, oh, wow. international the joys of yeah the joys of zoom and teams is yeah, yeah. Uh, is that you know you i don't have to go to wherever i'm needed i can do it electronically don't get me wrong i would much rather do a face-to-face session than online i think most of us feel that way
0: yeah but, but the efficiency of doing like an online virtual. session
1: yes absolutely you know, exactly that exactly that if I can get there in person I will but if there's limitations to that then I will do it online and make the most of it
0: so it, it feels maybe not the same but very similar to some of the work that um, diversity role models do
1: yeah I love diversity role models I I Kate Hutchinson is someone who I absolutely yeah. I always,
0: I always try and give them a shout out when I can because yeah, I, 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 I do work yeah. with them as, as a diversity role model myself I've done a that few sessions sense. Online, I've not done an in-classroom one yet just because of the you know just how difficult it is to get around sometimes because they're all over the country you know so it's much Absolutely. easier to do digital sessions with yeah. them and I, I find them to be really kind of interesting because I've done a lot of I've done a lot of ones with just the teachers yeah where they're doing training sessions yeah you know it's like it's drawing half t- half term times and mm-hmm. you know non, non-school days and stuff yeah so it's um some of the questions I get back, like, I'm thinking, wow, you don't know that? It's like, you know, so you, you do have to be, it's you're kind of like you're helping others understand things. And I've done a few with students too. And some of, the, some of the kids come out with such amazing questions and they're so sweet and polite. You know, it's like, I, I remember one session I did, I think it was a, with a school in Germany yeah. and they were so, they were so polite. And like on point with everything, I think, Mm -hmm. wow, they they really know what they're talking about.
1: They were the young people. My (laughs) goodness. Yeah. They. I'm so excited to see where this current generation takes us because they are constantly challenging gender stereotypes. They are constantly assessing how we see gender. And, you know, we've seen a dramatic rise in young people identifying as non-binary, for example, and I'm so excited to see mm. where this generation really takes us. And, I, you know, my role with them right now, in my view, is just to give them a space to do that yeah. and empower them and make them feel safe to do it. But otherwise, they're doing it by themselves. They, can t- they still teach me something every time. Oh, yeah. You know, there's Obviously. not a day that goes by that a young person doesn't teach me something.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So I'm, I'm assuming that what the kind of things you do with uh, Undivided are, are quite similar to those kind of things that...
1: They yeah, are. But yeah, they are. I go maybe to a slightly different level In the fact that I do a lot as well to do with policies. Um, right. I can look at the facilities. So I can really look at. So you can go
0: into a school and kind of go through what policies and processes they might need in place to support absolutely. LGBTQ kids. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah. And I've got, for example, I've got trans toolkits that I can provide right. schools. I've got specific trans policies that I write. So I've got sort of a framework and then I tailor each policy to the school, to Mm. that environment, to the facilities, to their young people and their staff and everything else. Um, So you have like, so it's a bit like a
0: consultancy business at the same time as doing training packages and stuff. So do you want to to just go through some of the packages that you offer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I do sort of a basic package, which um, I guess some people would call like a 101 course. That's my most popular one. And it's really a whistle-stop tour. It covers... Um, the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity and um, sex assigned at birth as well. And we talk about how they are disconnected, but also how they can be connected. So, so these
0: could be for staff and or students?
1: Literally. So everything yeah. I make is bespoke. So I can do, I do PSE lessons, assemblies, parent workshops are mm-hmm. also really, really popular for and carers. And that gives them, you know, it gives a different insight and Yeah. So I all my sessions are quite interactive as well. So I use various different tools to to make sure people are involved. And also, I don't like the sound of my own voice. I'd much rather use other ways of uh, connecting with people than talking at them. So, yeah. So there's the basic sort of LGBTQ, what we're talking about here. What do we even mean when we're talking about this? Um, And I touch briefly on, for example, the use of the word queer and how society, where society is with the use of that word right now. Um, I look at some more specific identities, especially those that are on the rise in a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about sort of how far we've come. So I talk about where, you know, in 1911, doctors believed that women who rode bikes too much, that was what made them gay. And people always have a bit of a laugh at that. And then I go, yes, but we still have a long way to go and we look at sort of, I talk about my personal story as well, as far as, you know, my partner, Sean and I, we still get an all sorts of challenges and we come across a lot of homophobia in our personal lives. So I sort of, we touch on that as well, just to make people realize that this is still really important. Talk a little bit about hate crime. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about mental health statistics and talk about sort of various things connected with that then we move on to um sort of what we can do, how we can make how we can make changes. And I give them direct guidance and ideas on things they can do. Talk about gender identity a bit more, talk about trans and non-binary community, and we um look at pronouns, we look at gendered language, we look at gender stereotypes, and we talk about that and go into that in more detail. Um and that pretty much sums up. The, the sort of simple whistle stop tour it covers an awful lot in not in not a very long bit of time but it gives everyone a real overview of everything they need to know and then from there I can go into more detail on some of my further courses I've got a a course I've also got an interactive workshop for young people on LGBT history and um, that's what I really enjoy doing um I look at I do a little bit more on um trans guidance especially that for teachers and parents that's quite key um less of that really for young people they could teach it to me anyway um and then yeah so lots of other things around there really I've also been doing quite a lot with churches recently so I also offer sessions specifically for churches who are looking to be more inclusive
0: so I'm, I'm kind of thinking you know you're doing a lot with students young people um in the school educational setting but what about you know back back in the home environment do do you work with families too
1: I do if if a child is
0: having difficulty with acceptance at home and stuff like that
1: yeah, absolutely. So I do that in two different ways. Um, we've recently launched Undivided Families, nice. which is obviously a path off of Undivided. Mm-hmm. And that provides it's it's kind of got two strands. It provides support for LGBTQ parents like myself. So parents or carers who identify as LGBTQ plus. But it also provides support for parents and carers of those who are um, raising children who are and young people who may have never heard of this before
0: and yeah never had an experience of it yeah
1: and do you know what even the most accepting parents if they have a child who comes out there's still a grieving process that they end up going through Mm -hmm. um because we all have we all envisage envisage a life for our children and unfortunately we still live in a heteronormative society and we presume that our children are going to be cisgendered and heterosexual and when our thought processes of that changes and when we're confronted with something that may not be how we thought there's a real grieving process to go through so I do a lot of support there. I also support youth groups and um, student supports I set up student LGBTQ groups in schools so I work very very closely with Good Vibes which is an LGBTQ youth group in Swansea I work there every week and support that program Um, I am part of a senior leadership team of YMCA Swansea as well so I'm connected there anyway Uh, so yes but I do support and I do a lot of training with youth workers um, a lot of social workers And yeah, but then, yeah, so I do through that work, do offer support with directly with young people. But it's normally in the schools or well, it's always in a particular environment. So I don't do so much sort of one to one support directly with young people um, unless it's part of a bigger picture.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what about even further than that? I mean, have you have you thought about going into maybe, you know, the workplace with some of this? Because, you know, at the place I work, we have a lot of young people who are doing apprenticeships. Yeah. yeah. And although, you know, the company does try to support them with internal, you know, uh, yeah. employee groups, ERGs, um, there's probably, there's probably you know, a place for this as well.
1: Yeah, I do a lot. I've done, um, I pretty much, Undivided originally was formed to work within the education sector. But, Word spread and you start getting contacts from people doing in various different things so I've recently done a session um, for cope which is an amazing it's a, an industrial company uh, and uh, and one that works with IT so yeah, literally anybody who needs this training I'll do my best to provide it and make it bespoke and relevant to them but I think as well as what you've just said with apprentices which is really key mm. as I said before, so many young people now are really smashing these gender binary concept and they're really you know they are reinventing what we see as gender and these people are going to be the future employees yeah and companies need to make sure that they are recruiting the best possible people and therefore they need to be making their environments appealing to anyone and everyone and they don't want to miss out on someone because they haven't they haven't had this training or they don't understand what they're doing and they they want to make sure that they are they can attract the best people they can regardless Mm. of their gender identity or their sexual orientation.
0: I I think what happens sometimes with these large organizations you know they they try and do their own internal training on these kind of issues and because they don't really have the knowledge and experience and expertise—I um, don't think it always works as well as it could do. I think I think I'm much more in favor of bringing in, you know, external expert organisations who are who specialise in this area, and you know, such as Trans in the City, such as Undivided, you know, yeah. to come in and do what's you know provide these services on behalf of the company to you know their young workforce. Yeah.
1: I think as well that's I I absolutely agree but also with topics like this of which you know lgbtq is only one of many that this would yeah. um, apply for mm-hmm. sometimes having an external person coming provides a different safe space yeah. for maybe an individual in that workplace and it
0: brings in a whole new perspective
1: it does i make sure that whenever i do any form of training with anybody um, apart from young, I mean, young people can have access to my email too, but I don't necessarily give it out. But staff and anyone who works for a company or a parent have access to my email address, and from there they can reach out to me.
0: To so reach out to you as otherwise. a safe as a safe option yes. because it's not yes. like it's reaching for, out to their example. boss or to their ERG it's at work, exactly. which may feel made them feel uncomfortable in some way. Yeah.
1: So if they're not out at work, for example, they can contact me if their child has just come out and they're trying to navigate that whilst working. Again, I'm someone they can talk to. And I, you know, if I can't help, which sometimes is very much the case, then I will signpost them to various different people who can. And but it just gives them like you said, but outside perspective, but also that outside safe space where maybe if they don't feel safe to talk to someone within their work environment, it gives them someone they can reach out to.
0: Yeah. So I'm just looking on your your website at the moment. I've got it open on one of my screens here. <laughs> and you've got a whole section on training, Um, you know, different options and different, yeah. different things there. For anybody yeah. who doesn't know what your website is it's um undivided.org.uk
1: that's it that's my so, massive massive shout out to yes. my best friend Becca um who's branding by Becca and um, so it's a have really to, it's a, a really here. colorful
0: I really love the colors you've got all the rainbow colors on there and all everything else it's really good she, great. she
1: does all of my social media she does my website and she is just phenomenal and she's such such a talent she's young she is just amazing and she's incredible ally she's also now i see i rope it into everything i do she's also now a a director of Transversity city and does a lot with their (laughs) with their media too
0: so that's yeah great bring them all bring all the more the merrier
1: yeah literally that
0: so yeah so we've we've covered kind of everything you do with undivided there um I think some of the other things I wanted to talk about, you mentioned before YMCA in Swansea.
1: Yes. Now let's just so, talk a little um, bit more
0: about that because that that's kind of an interesting topic.
1: It is. So I've been there now just short of two years um, and I was headhunted for the role came out of the blue I uh, was running the Venture LGBTQ group at the time. And um, basically they, though it's a phenomenal place to work and it's a place where I really, really truly feel safe to be myself, which is when you've come from working in places where you don't feel at all safe to be yourself has been, you know, it's been really lovely and has is meant a lot. They are doing some amazing work. So Swansea YMCA have a young carers program, they have uh, an LGBTQ provision, which is massive now and includes Good Vibes, which is an LGBTQ youth group, as, mu- as well as lots of other different bits of work. Um, they have a outreach and open access youth group that runs, which is it literally changes and saves lives of young people who are vulnerable to exploitation, who are on the streets rather than you know they don't have anywhere safe to go Um, and they come into us to Y Hub and it literally transforms their lives. We also have a really exciting and pioneering program called Y Talent which uses music as a catalyst and a gateway to transformative youth work. So it's an incredible place to be. I support the LGBTQ provision Um, by helping out with good vibes and just helping out with anything I can but I'm also responsible for trying to bring in money to keep the doors open and keep the young people that we work with safe by doing so
0: so shout out for them too
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and is there um, there
0: a website that people can go and see where that is again
1: ymcaswansey.org.uk yeah
0: absolutely
1: the funding I've got uh, the tune
0: uh, in my head changed. now. I've got yeah, the YMCA stick, tune in my head get, now. You can't get rid of it, can no. you?
1: But the funding landscape's changed dramatically. And it's for third sector organizations, regardless of who they are and what they are, if they're not a massive, massive, massive name, and even some of those, um you know, a lot of third sector organizations are really struggling to keep their doors open. And um yeah, every, every support really makes a difference for YMCA Swansea, truly does.
0: So how do you find time to do all this stuff, Sarah?
1: Well, as well as those, I still ha- I have a couple of other roles as Go well. On, keep going, so, keep
0: going. Tell me so about yours.
1: I've just started a role um, to launch a fast track uh, Swansea um, clinic and community kind of bit. So that's really exciting. I'm working with the University Health Board, uh, Swansea Bay University Health Board, with that. And the fabulous Lisa Power, who um, needs really no introduction, but Lisa and I have had the honour of working with Lisa a few times and she's. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this.
0: I did meet Lisa Power at one of Trans in the City's recent... Um chipping and pride events where yes, the speaker stage
1: a pride, is that something
0: yeah. you organized the speaker stage no
1: that was nikki that one that, that one was, was nikki, that one. i
0: have to say that was an amazing speaker stage sorry sorry to just go down that little rabbit hole no, there but no, it was no, amazing not at
1: all. we're um, i think we're really hoping to bring that speaker stage to more prides that next is such year.
0: a that is such a like a, an amazing thing to have at yeah. a pride yeah. like you know a small pride like chippenham which is basically just the local town it was
1: their first one as well it was the first first one yeah and it was really
0: good you know it was all organized really nicely um such a nice little town center and then you got it was all kind of ended in a field at the end it was it was really nice and the speaker stage was at the starting point in a hotel
1: yes that's right really
0: close right next to it and we who did we have in there we had lisa power we had lord Cashman, Michael Cashman, Michael Cashman. We had, Ian Watkins, um, Peter Tatchell, Ian H. Watkins, Ian Watkins yeah. who else was there? <laughs> so, um, they was, were there, Lisa, was as we said. Oh, um,
1: Eva, um, Eco, um, Eva was there. Emily was Eco, there.
0: Yeah.
1: We obviously was there. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time we've done a speaker stage like that. And as you said, it was, it was amazing and very, very impactful as well. So and made a real difference actually to the community. So we're certainly looking at rolling those out. So if you are already involved in a yeah, pride, it's, it's not like you get Transfer City do it.
0: Yeah, it's not like you get to go to a pride off them where you have on the side, you know, a speaker Absolutely. stage going on with you know those mm-hmm. kind of
1: names. Yeah. Names.
0: You know, it's just it yeah. doesn't hum.
1: This is such that I think Trans City. I think if you know about Trans City, you really. Oh, understand. Linda Riley
0: was there too. Yeah.
1: Linda Riley, that's true. If you really know about Trans in the City, you know our influence. You know what we do.
0: Mm. But these are actually, all the connections, yeah,
1: absolutely. People who are connected to us and who are important to us. But yeah, beyond that, you know, I think if people, there's a lot of people who still don't know what we do. And uh, hopefully, Trans Awareness Week this year will uh, will get our name out a little bit more as we uh, take over London for a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Um just going back to the, the other the other roles you have.
1: Yeah, so Fast Track, um, which, as I said, I'm literally starting that. I've just started it, actually. So that will, um, yeah, add a, add another layer. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really, it's something I've Sounds been, exciting. learned a lot about and want to be more involved in. And the opportunity came up that Lisa told me about the opportunity and uh, it's something that I was keen to to go for and, and try to do. I think, it was, again, it's such a need and a lot of community outreach work, a lot of connecting with people, which I love to do. So yeah, looking forward to doing that and uh, really getting, getting uh, getting involved in that even more. So, um, so where,
0: when do you when do you find time to sleep and eat and you know like um, do the normal human things?
1: The most amazing partner who um, looks after me and our four children and makes sure that you know I can do all of this. Um, I couldn't do it without her by my side. A hundred percent, not
0: yeah. So talk, talking of your partner. Um, <laughs> I recently saw online um yes. a certain individual and her partner were yes. in we're in a, a wedding competition.
1: We were. So we were in the final four.
0: Can we say your partner's tw- name, by the way? Is that okay?
1: Yes, yeah, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um so Sean and I were in the final four of over twelve thousand couples and we So this was a competition really- to
0: have the entire wedding paid for. wedding. Yeah, buying was organizing the event. Yeah.
1: wedding. This wedding was a, a proper destination wedding on the mm-hmm. Gower, not far from where we live. And I mean, the venue was it's it's the dream wedding. So it would have been dream.
0: the all expenses dream wedding all, all, for the, all the winner.
1: Expenses with yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it was worth fifteen thousand pounds. Let's well, put it that yeah. way. Okay. Um, which you know, with all of my roles, as I said, you know most everything I do is is either charity work or a lot of what I do through Undivided where you know if I can I will do things pro bono so that you know it really reaches everyone that it can reach um and yeah so money with four children um who a lot of which have additional needs we simply couldn't afford anything like that so we made it to a final four. Our friends had nominated us. We were blown away to even get we were told we got to a final hundred. Um, and then we had to give like an interview and then we couldn't believe it we got to a final four. Um we didn't win, we didn't expect to win at all, but we were the only queer couple to make it to the final and final
0: four fi- is good though, isn't it? That I mean I mean the
1: final four you, was he's like you're
0: so close, but just not yeah. quite there, yeah.
1: It was disappointing when we did. not We knew we weren't going to win. We were never going to win, and that's absolutely fine because for us, it was also about visibility. It was about acceptance, and it was so about. You, I mean, you
0: got to talk about your relationship on in we interviews did. and things. So yeah, we there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good value that came out of it. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I always felt again if I had been, you know, if I was still a young person and I had seen that visibility and I'd seen yeah, exactly. a lesbian couple get to exactly. that point what that would have done for me would have been palpable and I was hoping that maybe yeah. that happened but we didn't win it as I said but Sean and I a few weeks later went to um, Emlyn Hotel in Newcastle Emlyn for an so open Shout day. out for them. Shout out for the Emlyn Hotel. We fell in love with this venue. They do incredible packages that start at £2,000 so even for us that was a stretch um, but we 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 loved them. They were really inclusive. And I mean, truly inclusive. Everyone was really welcoming. They'd done lots of LGBTQ weddings in the past. And we went for a little walk around Newcastle, Emlyn is the cutest little town. And we were, and even, you know, the populate they would look at us and smile when Sean and I get so much of the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of homophobia. It was incredible to see everyone just smile, say hello. And we just felt really welcome. So we went ahead and booked the wedding. But twist in the story is that recently uh, we had a phone call from the Emlyn Hotel, who checked in with us and said, are "You, Sarah and Sean, who were part of the other previous competition," and uh, and we said, "Yeah, that that was us." And they said, "Well, we'd uh, we'd really like to gift you the wedding at the Emlyn Hotel." And uh-huh. not only that, so not only are they. Paying for it, they're giving us our wedding for free. They upgraded our wedding as well. Um, oh. because as I said, we went for the very, very basic package, um, which still, by the way, included um it was amazing value as it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sean and I, I mean, Sean doesn't cry often, but she took the phone call and had to give the phone to me because she was crying so much. yeah, I so, yeah. and Emily Hotel, we can't wait to really plan our wedding with them.
0: I, I mean guess. that is a, that is amazingly kind of that hotel.
1: Yeah, there was to no need to do that
0: offer actually. you that, you know, because they've seen you in the competition yeah. and yeah. yet they felt like, they they could do that for you. That, that that was amazing, really.
1: Yeah, they literally said they'd seen again, you know, Diva magazine thanks to Bobby, um Diva magazine picked up our story and wrote an article about us when we were still in the competition and they'd seen, you know, what we put in there and a lot of what was talked about on the competition website it left quite a lot out about our story but diva included everything and they i think they'd seen that and they'd seen us in the live final and we're, we're just we're completely blown away i'm still a bit speechless about the whole thing but yes yeah, i
0: mean what it an amazing story. story not only Literally. were you in a, in the competition and you came forth but then later on this amazing yeah. hotel said that we'll give it to you free anyway
1: absolutely so <laughs> an yeah story. yeah it's it's But it was a real shock and something we never expected to happen. But yeah, it's really exciting. So we have set a date for November 2024.
0: Before Trans in the City.
1: Yes, I know, don't. (laughs) uh, Shan's literally said exactly that. She said, So we're going to get married, and then as newlyweds, you're going to disappear off to run a week of events for Trans in the City. That sounds
0: about the kind of thing you do, actually. Yeah, it it does. 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 does.
1: We we were looking at getting married. uh, during the summer, um but again with all the pride events that I support and work at and help out and volunteer at, yeah, you're um, so busy. When are
0: you, you going to fit it in? <laughs>
1: it's like, so, there's no way I could do a summer wedding with all of those.
0: Yeah, amazing. So, I guess some of the other things we always talk about with guests on on the podcast is, yeah. you know, there's lots of big organisations like Trans in the City and tiny little organisations like. I don't know, gender nebulous podcast, for example, (laughs) you know, and it's just two of us doing it. So uh, the thing that I like to talk about is collaboration between organizations so we can all kind of work together because sometimes there's lots of division and fractures and and things don't go quite well as they should, Um, you know, things happen, let's say, and What what are your thoughts on you know collaboration between organizations and how we can all work together and and kind of solve that problem?
1: I see it as a little bit like the LGBTQ community and our allies. I think you've got a a real opportunity there to join forces and use voices for you know the greater good. Sounds again, I like my cliches tonight. Um but yes, so (laughs) I would say that I think it's really important for larger organizations to give platforms to smaller ones and recognize that there are smaller organizations the grassroots organizations are so often doing you know that the proactive work or the the ground work. um and also you know so often these smaller organizations are signposting up to the bigger ones anyway yeah. but yeah i really feel i think collaboration is key and yeah it's something that i would say needs to happen more so and collaboration from the
0: grassroots up and from the Bigger um, organizations maybe. down, so everybody's included and Yeah, I think everyone's got individual talent. Whatever
1: level that. you're at, whatever, you know, however big or small you are, you'll you would bring something different to the table. And mm. you know, we're again cliches, but we are, we're stronger together. And yeah. um and the more we can join forces, and let's face it, with the world and society as it is right now, my goodness, we need all the strength we can get. Yeah.
0: The state of it, the state of things out there at the moment is pretty grim, isn't it? To say, you know, oh, we're being it's kind dire. when we say that. It's dire. Yeah.
1: It is. So and... the more we can
0: work together yeah. to to resolve these issues, you know, the better.
1: Exactly that. Exactly. You know, I think that. I think one of the other
0: things that the smaller organizations probably suffer from is not being able to find funding or ways to get funding. Yeah. So, you know, off, I think often if they can reach out to larger organisations, they can probably, you know, maybe pick up some funding advice or even get some funding. I think that's something that, you know, small little groups probably need to work on.
1: And that's well, why Trans and Miss City have literally prioritised grassroots organisations as far as giving funding to for exactly that reason. And actually, we feel, you know, in many ways, the money goes further
0: yeah it does
1: um by you know the grassroots organizations need it more but so often they're like I said they're the people on the ground and YMCA Swansea is a is a key example of that where you know we are relatively small um but we're small but we do an awful lot and make a massive impact since January we've engaged with almost 8,000 young people um in just you know you know three quarters of a year Mm -hmm. uh so we are small but our impact is big. And we know from what our young people and their families and communities tell us that it's genuinely life-saving work that we're doing. And they would suffer if we didn't exist, but we need support from the bigger organizations and funders to keep doing that work.
0: Another question we always ask guests is, if you had a message that you could give to the community in this time of kind of you know dire straits that we're in you know with government and media all attacking us simultaneously um what would your message be i know i'm kind of throwing that out 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 of the blue at you yeah
1: no no i like that though i think um look after yourself protect your own capacity and your own well-being and if you're struggling i went to say when you're struggling because i feel Like that is really where we are are at the moment. It's not an if you're struggling, it's when you're struggling. Mm. Reach out, find someone. And if you don't feel able to do that in your personal circle, for whatever reason that might be, consider the likes of Mind Out, for example, who are there and specifically to support the LGBTQ community and do an incredible job at it. But yeah, and remember that you are not alone even when you feel it because we are all in this together and it is really challenging but this somehow find your tribe look for people who can who can you can see that get that validation from and remind yourself that you're not alone even when it's tough
0: yeah so yeah we are you know we're all in it together we're all we're all available if you need to get in touch
1: we are we We really are and i think you know there are so many organizations out there who have stepped up because Mm -hmm. of the need and oh my goodness there really is a need and yeah but as I said it can be really difficult to find your tribe especially if you're not out you don't feel safe to be out for whatever reason that might be it can be really difficult to find other members of the LGBTQ community Um, and again you know with people where they are in their mental health it's hard to maybe put yourself out there to try and meet people as well so if that's the case just look to maybe some of those organizations that might be able to help you a lot of local prides are stepping up as well and doing a lot more community work all year round so they are a good place of contact maybe depending on where you live in the world uh to to reach out and see whether or not they've got any contacts themselves too
0: yeah so i think you know i you know i echo everything you said there and you know we are here if anybody needs to talk yeah needs to reach out please do um I think you know we we will get through this period. I mean, it, it's it it's not a good period, is it? Let's let's it's face not. facts. But we will get through it's it. Fun. We will we will get. We through will. The and
1: the younger generation, there's so yeah. much hope. And we'll come them. out so much stronger. There is so much hope in the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely, there is so much hope in what is yet to Which, come.
0: You know, is great what you're doing in that in that area.
1: Well, it's more just, you know, as I said, they're the ones that inspire me and keep me going most of the time. So. But yeah, it's that that generation are the ones who they really give the hope. And actually, quite a lot of the time, you know, I get a lot of attacks for what I do um, for, for various different reasons. But those young people are the people who truly keep me going because they give me that hope. They inspire me every day and they push me forward. And yeah, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to work with incredible young people. But do
0: that well it's been absolutely a delight to have you on
1: thank you for thank having you so me so much for lovely.
0: you're absolutely welcome thank you so much for sharing everything you know including your personal story around your wedding and everything okay welcome. really welcome,
1: nice welcome. it's uh yeah it's been really nice to, to talk about a few things and it's nice to focus on you know not just focus on one particular thing that i do and talk about the different roles and uh, the joys that they bring and and yeah all the exciting things we've got coming up really excited about trans awareness week this year yes. and please do keep an eye on the transfer city social we will see
0: you there definitely
1: most yes, definitely i'll look forward to seeing you in person again vicky and we'll go from well yeah transfer city is going from strength to strength it is and, it is yeah there's there's so much more to come from us
0: yeah keep stay tuned
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely so do uh, so shall... a follow-up after transfer city uh, what's, yeah. uh the, all the events in november we'll have to do a follow-up and we can talk we about how amazing it all was <laughs> we will
0: definitely do that yeah so i'll sign us off there thank you so much i'll say bye thank to you. our watchers and listeners please come back and listen to us again um Absolutely. for our next exciting episode whenever that may be um <laughs> so until the next time bye for now take
1: care everyone bye, bye.